Jimmy, we did our best to notice. That's how we have to start this one off. <laughs> Lonely Town, Jimmy and Derek breaking down the hits of the decade with the killers. And we're going to hit a major song today, which has had me nervous. Probably going back to when I realized that we were going to have to talk about it. I don't know how long ago that's been. <laughs> but long enough to know, the more I think about it, the more confused I can get at times, the more I think I understand it, and probably don't, but maybe I do. So we'll find out. And we're going to find out today, Jimmy, are we human or are we dancer? Which a lot of people have said, anytime it's brought up with a interview with Brandon, it seems like it kind of annoys him. I think I got some reasons or some opinions, some theories on why that might annoy him every time that gets asked. Uh, but going back to when I first heard this song, at least in my memories, and we'll go, we'll move on forward about who knows where we'll go with this one can go all over the place. I remember hearing this song and I thought, okay, so the Killers aren't a rock band anymore. This is a pop band. This is like um, played on the the top forty type station. It's not no longer. It's not the alternative rock band. This is like a pop song. I'm like, what what is this? You know, it's got kind of that disco beat that we were talking about from the Rolling Stone critique uh -huh. when the when the album came out or whatever. And I'm not sure I liked it. I'm not sure I didn't like it. I definitely didn't understand it. But that was my first. <laughs> That was my first experience with with human. You have uh, well, that's any bit of that sums it up. I don't know if I liked it, but I didn't understand it. That's that's about sums it up. I mean, it's catchy. Uh, I think with the lyric uh, conf confusion, I th my opinion. Well, I don't know if you want to go there this this fast, but as you talked about, it, I I think it's deep, but it's not meant to be that difficult. And I think a lot of people have made it, have turned it into this big confusing thing. It's like, it's pretty simple. It's meant to be deep, and but simple. It's not meant to be overly complicated. And a lot of people don't like it. I think that's the problem because they're like, oh, that doesn't make sense. You know, it's not grammatical. And it's like, just think of it. Papa was rolling. Symbolic. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, think of it symbolically. And it's that simple. Yeah, I think uh, for whatever reason, the grammatical part really bugs Brandon. And I can see why somebody that doesn't have the best grammar in the world, my own self, when you're trying to relay a message, but you look into rock and roll music or, or lyrics, like ball with the ba, Jimmy. <laughs> I know there's probably not a lot of Kid Rock fans listening to us right now. That makes no sense. I'm kind of upset no one no one made any comments about my Pearl Jam imp impression. No one talk about it. I think our I think our our AI editing software might might have. Uh, oh, good. I don't know. It's probably for the best. I'm, I'm I'm trying to tweak a system there, and sometimes we come off as robotic, or some sentences have kind of been lost and edited weird. So I apologize for that. But we're dialing it in. But there's yeah there's there's all sorts of <laughs> lyrics out there that make no sense to begin with. Like yeah, Pearl Jam, you got. Everything that came out with Nirvana, like you know, but a mosquito. But he doesn't say dancers or dancer, and it's this big controversy. And I mean, let, let's get into this. It's a Hunter S. Thompson quote, as Brandon's went on to say that uh, was referenced to that lyric, anyways, or where that came from. 
And the quote is, we are raising a generation of dancers afraid to step out of line. Okay, now this is where it can get really deep or it can get not deep. Uh, the idea of everybody's just conforming to the system and are we just a bunch of conformists or are we people that can think or act for ourselves and make our own decisions? Also, I think that we can get into the religious type uh, realm of do we have agency or is this all predestined? Does God give us our choices to act for ourselves or are we all on this rope and we just go through the motions and that's what life is? And, of course, there's the famous cut the cord in here. So Hunter S. Thompson. Which is also a Rage Against the Machine lyric. Hunter S. Thompson, um, any thoughts on, on the line, the quote? Anything? Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people wish it said dancers because if it says dancer, then it should say a dancer. But dancer is singular and human is... Is singular. It doesn't say, are we humans or are we dancers? So if it said, are we dancers, it would have to say humans instead of humans. So, yeah, you don't say, am I dancer? That doesn't make sense by itself. But symbolically, I think it would make a lot more sense, especially when you look at the other lyrics in the song. You know, am I just a robot in line? Am I a clone that's been programmed to do what a human's supposed to do? Or am I really a human? You know, are, do I have these virtues that set, set me apart from the animals, um, set me apart from other humans. And w one of the thing about humans is that we're all unique. We're not meant to be all the same. When he says, will your system be all right? It makes it sound like he's talking about a robot. <laughs> uh, but when you dream of home tonight, if robots don't have dreams, you're human. Is your heart still beating? Are you, are you just a cold metal? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I uh, reached out to Ryan Party. If you go back and listen to our interview with Ryan, uh, he says that this song was wrote from Poland to Berlin when the band was with U2, and they all flew with U2 to Berlin, but Brandon didn't want to get on the plane. <laughs> And so he made Ryan and Wyatt get on the bus with them, and they drove to, to Berlin. In the train? I thought it was a bus. A bus, wow. It was a bus, but because uh, Ryan felt like he was being punished because he didn't get to go on the flight. <laughs> he wanted to go with you, too. Yeah, with you, too. And I don't know when that would have been. Um, I was trying to get a time frame on it. Uh, Ryan couldn't remember specifically enough to give me anything that I could share. To He didn't want to come out and say, well, Ryan said that. So... Anyways, we went back and forth a little bit about it, but that was his recollection. The reason I bring that up is because what was going on in Brandon's life at this time was kind of what we brought up earlier uh, with the album coming out. But at this time, Brandon's an established in his career. He's going to be a uh, he's going to be able to tour off of those first two albums for the rest of his life if he wants to. So he's established enough that he can be a musician for the rest of his life and tour and and do those songs, but going forward, he's he's a new professional musician, successful. Up-and-coming star is now an international star. They're not just one album wonders. Yeah. Um, he's got a new wife and family. I don't know the exact time frame, but he's had a child and about to have another at this point. I don't know when the song was developed and wrote if they had the first... It's in that time frame. Um, he has 
personal success from, he's coming from the poor kid that was living, I don't know, poor, but <laughs> from the kid that was living in the uh, Annex and Nephi, very blue collar family, uh, moving to Vegas and hustling and getting all these jobs while trying to become an artist to when now he's successful as well as trying to reconcile his religious side with his non-religious side, which was all through Samstown, but now we're to a new established point of he's decided that he's going to be a religious man at this point with his wife, with the kids. He can go back through the interviews, upon interviews of, of all that time frame. So he's kind of turning that leaf. He talks about that in Samstown um, with his family. At this point, his mom's having her health issues. Like, I don't know if it's been established at this point or not when the songs wrote again, because I have to go back to when he was hanging out with Ryan in Berlin when the song, I'm, I'm going off of Ryan's. Uh, this is when the song was wrote. So I don't know the exact time frame, but we know that his mom and going forward with this album, we'll see other things come up. His mom's been diagnosed with brain cancer. And so you got all those things coming to roost here. And I think that's coming out in this song and in this album as trying to uh, make all these things make sense and work in life. And uh, it comes across positive where most people facing all those things, I think, start to question things or start to say, why me? Or pressure's too high. I don't want to deal with this. I think with human, there's a look at things and questioning things, but not in a negative sense as far as like, why me? I got all the success in the world. Is it because I sold my soul? Now things bad are happening. It's more about what's going on here? Where What's really at play? Is this all the way it's supposed to be? Is this the way life's supposed to be? Is this how it goes? Is this all prearranged? Is the system all preset? Or is there choices in this? And I think think it's part of that don't overthink it boy that comes out later with these lyrics and things as far as like Jimmy was saying you don't got to overthink it it's not really really it's deep but it's not deep like it's surface level take it for what's presented here and uh, when Brandon's talked with Patrick Mason on the uh, four year four year uh, YouTube interview I think this was brought up as well, and I think everybody asked Brandon, what's this mean? Are we human or are we dancer? And I think it's one of those things that just annoys him because it's kind of like that magic soak in my spine. What does that mean? Like, you don't need to be told what it means. Like, figure out for yourself, and that's what I think Brandon just said. Like, go read the lyrics. Like, it's not, just go, just go look at it. It's right there. It's black and white. It's not one of these things that's so... In theory, did he mean this, but really that? Is it masking this and, and meaning that? I think this is just open. What it says is what it means. And that can get really deep because not everybody agrees on the same outcome. Not everybody agrees. Some people think they're dancer and some people think they're human. And nobody's going to agree 100%. And that's fine because that's the point of life is we're trying to figure out where we fit in this giant sphere and and in society so well to me yeah the, the Hunter S. Thompson quote means is even more confusing because are we raising a generation of dancers afraid to take one step out of line when I think of a dancer I think of someone who's dancing to their own beat you know if they're not in line they're not conformists they're 
you know, the weird person that's out there wearing weird clothes and doing their own thing because they don't care what other people think. But um, if you get in terms of someone who's afraid to get out of line, then, you know, and the song is a dance song. It's it's a little bit different than all the other songs from the other albums that they've had so far. And I don't know. It can get confusing, but like you said, don't let that trip you up. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a, a point of the dancer that, well, I think of, I think classically trained like ballerina, because I think of the live show and how I counted, because that's the kind of guy I am. I only bring the best for our people, Jimmy. I went and watched them performing at live. I reminded what's on the display behind them. They got the display behind them. And they got, uh, it's 14 across dancers, squares, and then five. So it's 14 by five. And they got uh, these dancers that are all dancing, but there's a couple that aren't sync, like they're not all in sync at the same time. So I think those are the ones that, you know, are they human or are they dancer? Like the goal for a, a ballet or a classically trained ballroom, something like that, is for everybody to be dancing at the same pace, the same style, the same movement, this beautiful, like, just flow. They're all one. You're all the same. And and Hunter S. Thompson... You're doing the can-can with your buddies. You don't want to be the one who's looking up the kick. Hunter S. Thompson, I think, is more referring to that as far as are we all conformists and the government, God, whoever, tells us to move and you move and you don't think for yourself and you just do it. And I think that's the way these classically trained is it's all movement and smooth and whatever. But then there is the point to where scripted, yeah. there is the point to where somebody cuts the cord and becomes the weird person out waiting for the bus with the headphones on dancing to their own beat. And that could be a dancer as well. So that's the thing. Are, are we are we this dancer? Are we that dancer? Are we human? Do we make our own our own uh, decisions and stuff in life? The other day, Jimmy, in, in the group text, we got a friend text, and somehow George Jones got brought up. And I'm going to bring up George Jones. The first time ever comparing him to the killers, I'm sure I'm going to be the, the the one that does this. But I love George Jones. He was an old country singer, and he probably has nothing to do with the killers whatsoever, except for uh, when he sang. The reason I loved George Jones is because you could hear in his voice the lyrics coming through, like whatever he's saying. Like, you could feel the sadness or, or whatever. And he was known as the possum, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but there's a quote from George Jones, and I think it applies in general with music. You know, it can be applied to a lot of different places, but I think it really fits for this song. And for our podcast, a lot of times there's people that just listen to the killers because they like the music, they like the beat. But then there's the people that like the, the lyrics, and you're either... Our friend Scott really likes the story, you really like the beat. We try a deep dive and cover both and probably miss a lot in between. And I'm not sure this is like, I think you could apply the emotions here a little different because I don't think it's 100% accurate. I think it was accurate for George Jones songs, but for the killer's music um, or music in general, George Jones once said, when you're happy, you enjoy the music. When you're sad, you understand the lyrics. (laughs) And I think that's a lot with what we're talking about here is when you're a certain frame of mind, or you're pondering the universe or God or sorrow or why people are dying or why your loved ones are going through things, you look a lot more to that way of life. When that's not happening, you're just out dancing in the street and you're just happy and it doesn't matter what Brandon's singing about because you're at the show saluting back when he says, you know, uh, what was it, so long to 
and uh, grace and virtue, grace and virtue. And he salutes to you and you salute back and you're on the barrier and you're having a great time. So I really like that quote. Uh, I really like that quote with music. I think it doesn't have to necessarily be sad, but there's a point in your life or time when you listen to music and you're just there for the pickup and the music and it's this disco beat. But then there's the other point where you're listening to this human song saying, what have we got ourselves into? And is there, am, am I just stuck in this rut? Am I just stuck in life in this whatever situation I'm in? Are people just going to die around me? And so that's where I think it can get deep. Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're at a at a, at the concert and the beat starts, I'm not going to pretend to do it, but the, the beat of the song is catchy from the, from the get go, and you know you start bouncing, you start jumping up and down to the lyrics. You're not thinking. You're not thinking too deeply. You're just singing along to the to the chorus, the parts that you know, and then you realize, oh my gosh, I don't really know what this means, but I'm going to keep singing because it's really catchy and. You have to look a little bit deeper into the lyrics to to see more about the the general theme of of the song. He's talking about getting brought to the platform of surrender. It's like he's about to be to give up all everything that makes him unique. He's having to decide. He sees an open door, but he's he's nervous. <laughs> Which isn't the first time he's been nervous. We right. go back to sometimes he's he shakes a little when he gets nervous when he talks. So I think this is a personal Brandon uh, a story here. Yeah, so he talks about a lot of the elements of humanity, even just, you know, body parts, having a vital sign and having his cold hands and on his knees, just helping paint this, the background for for this huge question of whether you're a human or you're a dancer. You look like a human, but if you look like all the other humans, maybe you're not. We're all the same. Maybe your humanity is, yeah. isn't that deep. Yeah, I think uh, if you go through the lyrics, I think this is a prayer. To be honest with you, I think this is a rope down prayer conversation that Brandon's having with uh, God or the universe or whatever you want to believe in. But I think this is his. I think that's why when he gets asked about it, it kind of bugs him. Uh, this is pretty transparent as far as I think. Uh, I mean, there's a song, you know, there's the Hunter S. Thompson quote, and there's some different things in there. Uh, but I think it's a spiritual connection for him, and it's something that he put down that was deeply personal. So when it kind of gets joked about or questioned, I think he kind of takes that more personal than some of the other stuff. Because you do see, when people ask him this, it bugs, like, you can tell it just bugs him. And, like, just go listen to the lyrics. Like, he doesn't want to deal with it. And I don't blame him. If you put down something uh, that personal to yourself, and it's not, I mean, it's not weird Al making a parody of it, but it's kind of joked about. I could see where that, over the years, would just be like, figure it out for yourself. So uh, I think if you go through it, and kind of look at it. He's down on his knees looking for the answer. I, I think this is just a prayer about life. Like, what's going on? Where do we fit in? He's on surrender. Does he just conform and go with the crowd? Does he make his own opinions and become his own his own person? And then um, going through, you know, he's got grace and virtue. So long. A lot of stuff's going on in here. So that's my take on it. I guess that's why I have a podcast and we're doing this. I might be 100% wrong. That's just my thoughts. Well, you imagine being asked the same question over and over again. He, it's obvious that people aren't getting it. And I think, that, yeah, it's, that's got to be frustrating. And so to keep getting asked about it, when you know people after 15 or more years of people not getting it, you realize he's come to terms with the fact they're not going to get it. So to keep being asked about it, it's got to be frustrating. Yeah, and he's got, you know, the system's vital. Um, hands are cold. He's on his knees looking for the answer. 
Yeah, the second verse uh, where, he's, where he's listing all these things, he's saying goodbye to and giving respects to and condolences, pretty much saying these things are getting lost in today's world. And it's sad. You know, he talks about the... I think that's part of what's made him appreciate Nephi and Pressure Machine is, you know, all these, these nuances of of a small town and the virtues of, of hard work. People are making a living off of clickbait headlines that they write. Like we talked about in the last episode. It's like, this is... You know, you're sitting there on your phone scrolling through social media. You're 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 being fed what they want, they, what you want, they want you to hear, or what they want you to read, or what they want you to see. Um, I think he's ahead of his time. <laughs> yeah, and it could go back to. I mean, it's so long to the devotion. He taught me everything I know. Wave goodbye. Wish me well. You've got to let me go. And I could be going back to his parents. It could be going back to going on this journey, leaving on tour, where we're, we're to a point where we got to have some separation here, uh, could be losing a loved one that's wish me well, like we're, we're disconnecting. There's communications going to cease to, to be here. And that's a scary spot to be no matter who or what you're at or whatever situation you're at, you find yourself in when you have to go away from that comfort, uh, to figure out what's going on. So I, I do think, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you get asked over and over and over and you're like, it's right there. I, I, I like how much clearer can I make it? But then I mean, you could talk probably 20, 30 minutes on, you know, different scenarios about each paragraph. So sometimes I think with an artist, they could paint a picture and it makes perfect sense to them. And they're looking at it and you come up and you say, Oh, that's a really nice barn. And they're like, what do you mean? And you're like, that, that barn you painted there is really nice. And they're like, you don't see the, yeah, whatever. And I think, uh, it is, a, I think it's a transparent song. I don't think there's a lot of hidden meetings, but I think depending on where you're at in your life and what you're going through, you relate to it differently. You know, uh, when the song first came out and we're in that stage of life to where you're getting married and you're leaving and starting your own life, it relates to I'm leaving home, you're moving to Texas, you're going to be away from family and loved ones and, and your parents, you're not going to see them for a while, right? So you can relate to that. To now, later on in life, you get to the age where parents are maybe having not as good of health. They could be having diagnosis. They could be, you know, passing away. And, and you relate to that at a whole different point. Or your kids are getting to the point to where they're going to college. Or they're leaving home. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's the same scenario. It's the same lyrics. It's the same story. You're just on the other side of it sometimes. So I think that's part of the thing is, depending on where you're at in that picture, you might be looking at the barn or you might be at the barn looking out at the street and seeing a whole different picture, but it's the same location. Yeah. I think uh, I'm going to go a little deep on the cut the cord lyric. Cause when, when I hear that, I, I think of the umbilical cord and the connection we have with other humans. If you're cutting that and, and separating and um, you know, if you cut the connection between uh, each other then you're going to lose some of those virtues and some of our the goodness that comes from being human. But, and that's the first thing I think of because I've personally cut six umbilical cords, Derek. <laughs> the first time you've had to admit that publicly, Jimmy. <laughs> no, I'm proud of it. Um, I, I didn't faint. <laughs> but um, when you look at it in, in the context of the song, I think where he says, close your eyes, clear your heart, cut the cord, I think it's, it's a power chord. I think it's a, 
a wire, you know, that's something that's keeping us from our humanity, um, not something that's connecting us to humanity. So uh, there's a there's a power cord here on the floor. There's cords for the microphones. If you're a robot, you've got a cord that you've got to plug in every night to charge up. I think that's the kind of cord he's, he's talking about that uh, is leading us to lose some of this humanity and some of these virtues. Yeah, uh, one of the things that comes up a lot is I think Brandon is a very loyal person to to people that he's made connections. We know people that we've talked to that have had interactions with him. They're very loyal to him. Uh, there's been a couple of guests that we've tried to get on the show that don't want to come on until they get Brandon's approval to talk to us just because I, they want to make sure it's okay with him that they come and talk to us, which is weird to say out loud. That's a weird thing to hear me actually say. <laughs> but I think the point is that Brandon values those connections. I think there's some people that just play the game, whether that's politics or life or whatever, and might use people or might do whatever to get to where they need to be. I think uh, Brandon cherishes and develops these relationships with people, even fans, though, that don't know Brandon. They're pretty protective and loyal because I think it's transparent. I think there's something that you could connect with and that you can feel that it's sincere. It's not... It's not manufactured. It's not just... There's some innocence to it that needs protection. Yeah, it's not just a, a pop star that's been manufactured and, and thro thrown down your throat, and it's it's fake. So I, I think it goes both ways, though. Of uh, and, and he's kind of talking about those virtues and things that are important to him here and that might get lost or have been lost over time. And I think that's just kind of a personality trait, as we've done the show and, and talked with people, is... Uh, People are very loyal and protective of Brandon, and I think Brandon's that way of the people. I think that's why it's reciprocal. I think uh, that's something that might be unique about the Killers as a band. A lot of bands have rabid fans and, and a bunch of fans, and there's obviously bands that have more fans and less fans than the Killers and, and forums and stuff, but I think people kind of take a protection with Brandon. Things that he does or says sometimes bother them, but they're still quick to defend him. And I think the same way is like Brandon does value the fans and the interactions that he has with them. I mean, he's not to go out. He can't go out and sign autographs for hours and hours. But when he does meet somebody, he goes out of his way to make sure they have a positive interaction. Or you see somebody at the airport wearing a killer's shirt. You know, it's hard to approach somebody. I, I had an interaction the other day. Uh, I was up at Sundance. Uh, again, I get on my pro wrestling kicks. Now I'm bringing it in here. But I was up at Sundance, and, and Chris Jericho was there, who's this famous professional wrestler I'm a fan of. And I went up and, and talked with him and some of these other people that were there. But it's hard to approach somebody for whatever reason, because, I don't know, I'm afraid he's going to say, get lost, loser. I don't want anything to do with you. And then your dreams are crushed, like, oh, he's an awful person. Like, why did I, why was I a fan of this person? Brandon goes, usually, like, if he sees somebody at the airport wearing a killer's shirt, he will go up and approach them and say, hi, like, you like our music or whatever. Like, we've seen that. That doesn't usually happen. Like, usually these people try to stay away from the public and hide away in a corner and don't don't bother me or leave me alone. Or if they do come up, I can sign an autograph, take a picture, but they, they're they so put out. I, I'm getting to the point of, in these lyrics and, and with this, Brandon has some of these traditions. He has some of these values that he has in here that he sees are going away. And he doesn't necessarily like that because I think that's what gives him his core values or that's things that he values. And it's sad to see those go and become a, a robotic thing of 
uh, I can go on, on online and tell you how horrible you are in this group. You suck and I hate you. I don't know anything about you, but from my couch, I can just, you know, or you see it with, with teens or, or they have a lot of problems now with the cyberbullying. We see it with groups of killer fans. <laughs> That's another thing. We've had people that... We all like the music. Let's find a way to fight. Yeah, we've had people that don't want to come on this show or aren't willing to come on this show because they don't want the internet community to attack them of killer fans. And, a lot of criticism. And it'd be great fan, it'd be great people to have on here, but they just don't want to go through it. And I get it. Like, it, nobody wants that. Somebody just makes an opinion and goes 100 uh, miles per hour in that direction and doesn't take the time to ask or get to know or understand your point of view or where you're coming from. But if you were sitting down at Lisa's having a hot beef, you could have a conversation. But since that doesn't happen anymore, that connection is lost over time, and people can be critical. So we're just losing a lot of what made us great or what made us able to communicate and, and be a society, and that's sad. And that way, I guess we are kind of becoming more of a dancer than you would, Jimmy. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's been a little prophetic. Um, and I think, you know, Brandon is, I think he's a romantic. I think he's, you know, you can see f from his lyrics that he's a thoughtful person. You re you hear Dustland Fairytale that we'll talk about later and you can see just, you know, he's a poet. He's, you know, he's writing these prayers and songs and West Hills, I mean, it's deep stuff, but you can, e it can easily be glossed over. And my worry is that the point he was trying to make with this song was only proven by the response to the song. And that's got to be frustrating to to say, hey, let's write a song about um, some of the things that we're losing and some of the the, the downsides of what uh, the direction society is going. And then to have it be responded, seeing a response like, well, I don't get it. This this shouldn't be, it should, it should say this instead. They're like, oh, you missed the whole point. <laughs> and you're proving the point at the same time. I'm trying to look back through what I was going back and forth with Ryan on a little bit to see if there's anything else I can add in here that might be of interest that I can share. One of the things on, while you're looking at that, one of the things on Wikipedia talks about when it was written. It says, Flower stated that, well, it says, first of all, he, he described human as Johnny Cash meets the Pet Shop Boys and say the song was created with Stuart Price during their work with him on Sawdust and changed very little after that. He confessed to not putting it on sawdust because it was too good, too good for sawdust. So that that's interesting that it could have been, it could have ended up on sawdust. Um, I think one of the things of interest I was going and talking about, I just was asking about Brandon's writing style because he was on the bus riding, and I asked, you know, when Brandon would go to write, would it be okay? It's a writing session. I have to sit down and crank out a song, or would it just hit him and be time to write a song kind of thing? Because you know, there's different approaches. Ryan said, I feel like he wrote pretty much with a, a stream of conscious. The only time I remember him sitting down to put ink to paper was when he was cleaning up, tranquilized. He wanted Lou Reed to get his very best. And then he said, I, I might be wrong, though. His instincts were always pretty on point. I guess I take that from, he kind of just wrote from the heart and where he was feeling in his instincts. He didn't sit down and frame up something of, a beginning and end in a middle, he would just write and, and come up with the song of what he was feeling at that point in that time. So whether or not that's 100% accurate or not, I, I don't know. That's that's Ryan's memory. And uh, he was on the, he, he spent a lot of time with him in those early days, especially. Uh, but if he was on the bus when this was 
was put together. Uh, I can only imagine what was happening in Poland at that time, Jimmy, to, to make out human. But I'm guessing it was things that had been circling uh, around in Brandon's head for a while, and he actually had uh, you know that bus ride to to put pen to paper and come up with it during that point. So it's interesting to think of his perspective as a lead singer of a very popular rock band. There are times when he's up there on the stand or up there on the stage, looking out. There's people dancing and singing along to his songs. Whatever he says, if he says, all right, repeat after me, he'll sing something, and then, you know, let's call and response. They would do it. I mean, he's got this audience in the palm of his hand. He could he could make them dance the, any way he wants them to. He, he does, I mean, there's parts of the, the lyrics, or sorry, lyrics in the songs where he'll pause and, you know, hold out the microphone for the crowd to sing. It's, it's funny to think of it in, in that context because he's kind of the, if we're all dancers, He's the the instructor, you know, the puppeteer. He's the puppeteer, yeah, the puppet master that uh, can get us to do whatever. And maybe it's part of seeing that side, like maybe, yeah. you know, I was we're predictable. We're humans. Maybe it was to that point where he's developing the stage presence and he can control it and saying what's happening here. Because before he'd always been the guy in the crowd with uh, Depeche Mode or, or Morrissey or Oasis or whatever singing back at them. Now he's on stage and and seeing a big sway of humanity that he's able to control just by saying, sing it with me, San Francisco, that puts out the microphone. But he's always also, you know, he'll stop the concert if he, if he sees somebody's too drunk to to control themselves or someone's not being treated right in the crowd. It's like, he'll, gets, call, he'll call you out and he'll kick you out. Somebody gets dropped stage uh, or surfing, crowd surfer, our, our buddy Barry. Yeah, he's he's been referenced recently. Again, yeah. that was cool. But yeah, anyway, just interesting to think of in terms of a crowd of people, um, the platform of surrender could be the stage. And he's brought there, he's led there at the start of every show by, you know, they're in a different town and he's got security. And anyway, yeah. interesting to think of it that way. I wanted to add something else to this, uh, not necessarily with the song, but with the album where we're starting it. I probably should have said it on the last episode. There's one thing I missed on the last episode is when he talks about rumors and you hear the whispering in the song. I really like that part. Yeah, that's what I, 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 that was cool. I like, touch. Yeah, that was a good touch. Uh, but when they were getting interviewed about this album, and I don't know, it's always what's next, right? It's always what's next. I, again, I wasn't tied in and wasn't up to date on killer stuff, but they talked a lot about a covers album that was going, going to come out. And that was going to be the next thing was they're going to do this covers album. And they'd already recorded a couple songs, Jimmy. They they'd done one night in Bangkok or Louis the Fourteenth. So obviously that never happened. Uh, I'm a fan of covers albums. There's the the Weezer one, and then there's uh, I think our favorite growing up was the Garaging by Metallica. So I'm not against the concept. It kind of seems like me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe they were kind of out of ideas, and the record company was just pushing for what's next and. Obviously, we know that didn't happen, but I could only I could only imagine this covers album that was going to come out. I I just found that interesting. I don't know that I'd ever heard that before, but I don't think I had either. There was uh, several interviews um, around this time talking about this album and going on tour and what's next, and it was it was talking about this this covers album that never never came to be. Still, might who knows? It's it's one of those another mystery. Are we gonna get the side us too? Is the slot tech ever going to see things? What about Black Diamonds on Velvet? And now there's there's a covers album out there that I never knew about. <laughs> had some songs done. So uh, 
I just found that interesting. Yeah, I, uh, you made me think uh, bringing up losing touch about how those these songs flow together and how you know if he's being accused or or feeling like people think he's he's changed over the years and he's not the Brandon he used to be or the guy they they knew and he's he's out of touch because he's he's so famous but to think of this as kind of a response to that of how he's being he's being brought to this place he's being brought to the stage how easy it could be to lose who he was and this kind of say him kind of having that internal struggle with himself um in the lyrics of have i lost touch or should I cut the cord? <laughs> it's that, that platform of surrender, right? It's, which way am I going to go? I think that's a lot of Killer's music or a lot of Brandon's lyrics is which way am I going to go? And yeah. I think that's something we face every day. Yeah, and then the uh, the last part of the song before he you know, repeats the, the chorus again a couple times is, will your system be all right when you dream of home tonight? There's no message we're receiving. Let me know. Is your heart still beating? So when he says, will your system be all right? I think again of the, the robot thing, but it ends with, uh, is your heart still beating? Are you still, are you still a human? Kind of wraps up the song and it's, it's the question, you know, the whole, the question is repeated, are we human or are we dancer? But the real, the crux of it is, how do you tell if you're still human is if your heart, if your heart still beating? And I think I can relate to, he talks about, uh, in Pressure Machine, you know, memories of his, his of home, the best parts of his life were his mom and his dad, that picture of of them together. But now it could be referring to that. Like, where where is home exactly? What is, what is home? When I think of home tonight, is it this innocent boy being brought up by loving parents? Is it his new family and his home in Las Vegas and his wife is, is there... Uh, with their newly born children and they're developing this family and she's alone tonight and he's over in, in Poland. Is it any of these things? Is it now that, uh, his mother's got this diagnosis and, and battling this thing that obviously she is going through a lot that you can't help out with or, or help overcome. Is the system going to be all right? And when you think of home tonight and, and you're not there to help, like, but your heart's still beating, you're still alive. You're still, you're still here. You can't control any of the uncontrollable things. The, but are you going to be okay? Or is the system just going to shut down? And when you're going through all those kind of things, whether it's newly married people and having families and all that, that's a stressful, it can be stressful. And when you're not around, thinking back to how things used to be and how they're not anymore, we see wars starting over that kind of thing. All that can be stressful about this is the way the world should be and isn't. When people have health uh, issues come up, severe or not severe, and you can't help them, sometimes somebody has a cold and you just feel like, I wish I could do something, all the way up to something that could um, cost somebody their life, and you're just helpless to sit there and try to support or or connect, you know, like, ultimately, you just go back to, my heart's still beating, what can I do in this situation, and it's a tough spot to be at. So there's just a lot of humanity in this song. There's a lot of connection in this song. And and ultimately, I think it is. You just put up a prayer to whatever you're believing in at the time. You're down on your knees. You're on that platform of surrender. What's going to happen? 
how do I move forward? Like, yeah, you got thousands of fans out in the audience that will shout back, you know, smile like you mean it, but ultimately, what does that do for you? What does that mean in the grand scheme of things? Doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's why that's why I love our thank you episode we did because you can you can hear story after story, example after example of people saying sharing how the killer's music has changed their life and impacted them for the for the better. And it'll be interesting to see how these lyrics and these concepts flow through to a song like Spaceman, where, you know, there's another perspective of, of the the earth, you know, and the humans uh, from the from an alien perspective where, you know, and even I think of the song Rut. There's so many times where, you know, you gave me a lot of examples where, where life gets hard and you're having to uh, face your mortality or, or of those you love. And sometimes those things are wake-up calls. You know, we kind of go to sleep. We kind of just get caught up in the day-to-day and... Performing and, and not dancing, or dancing and not performing. And you, you see how that flows through the pressure machine where Brandon's talking about how, you know, he grew up in this town that didn't have any stoplights and have that over time grows into a kind of an... In, he's endeared to to that and misses that uh, that way of life like you talked about. So it's interesting to see how that perspective on humanity and what we're becoming as a society it flows through through a lot and brandon thinks about it it fears brandon thinks about it a lot because he writes about it a lot yeah i i you know i love johnny cash I'll throw that out there too with the comparison but uh merle haggard and george jones is more where i'm feeling more than i'm feeling these these lyrics going jimmy so i'm just gonna put that out there but really great song uh controversial i don't know why it gets brought up everybody either loves or hates it <laughs> I think people get caught up in the the things that don't matter, which can be related right back to the song. And people, well, I think people keep, let that lyric keep them from liking the song as much as they probably would if it was just, you know, a brainless lyric that you didn't have to think about. And But since since it just doesn't sound quite right, how normally people would say it, you just get caught up in it, you just can't let it go. Or you can be from... Uh... A small rural community in central Utah, not know that it didn't sound right. I'll just I'm not saying any words. But I don't think I ever names. I don't think I ever thought dancer or dancers. That, you know, he said ain't in the other uh when we were talking well, what was that last song that we did? Losing touch. Losing touch. I think ain't's in there. And nobody cared about that. And we all know ain't ain't a word, Jimmy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think if you're looking for a grammatical song, I don't know. Is there such thing as like a grammatically perfect song? <laughs> you're missing the point. If that's all you're into it for is uh, pleasing words and a, a word flow correctly organized and structured and paragraphs and syllables, and it, you're probably missing the point. Cause... Well, people even look at grammar that way. It's like, yeah, I say it differently in Utah than you say it in New England or in the UK. That's, that's, some, of the, that's some of the uniqueness that, that makes a place special. There's, there's some even though it annoys people, you know. Oh, you got that Nephi accent. It's like yeah. it's 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 cool. It makes it unique, and you can it's something we can bond over. <laughs> and I just you know threw a jab or made fun of it a little bit, but it is. It's it's unique. It's beautiful. It what ultimately divides us can connect us, and that's the same thing when you go through the song. Uh, think about that. It's it's what's the meaning here? Not oh, was that grammatically correct? You need to fix that. You need yeah. to understand. Yeah, that's not that's not how the word. The world works. See, I can't even grammatically. You need to get in line. Yeah. You need to get. If you're listening to this podcast and me talking, you've got all sorts of issues with grammatics and uh, know that I don't conform. I've cut the cord and I am my own individual, Jimmy. 
dancing the lights out gorilla radio <laughs> yeah that's uh that's all i that's all i got it was a it's a great song um appreciate uh ryan for the conversation that we had i think it helped me understand a little bit more of what was going on at the time that it was wrote however i don't think necessarily that it was just wrote for that time i guess if that makes any sense it's uh it's an evolving thing, and that's one of the things I do like about music. It's a product of the time, but it's not it, but it's timeless. Is that yeah? One of the things I like about music is that it can conform and change, and as you grow and evolve, the songs can with you as well. And that's that to me is more important than chromatic. If there was an S or not, it, you know, does it over time? Can I still relate to it? Because uh, I mean, you know, you can go back to something. I'm not going to say other songs, but you can go back to songs that you like at a certain point and listen to it and say that was just just all filler there's nothing to it there's no substance there 20 years from now you're laughing that you liked it so well jimmy unless you got anything else to add no that was a major one i was that was when i was nervous and scared about covering because i know everyone's got lots of opinions about it so hopefully we we did a a fair a fair tribute is that the right phrase i'm wanting there hopefully we did it did right by you and uh that's another episode down from Norway town.